All right, y'all. Welcome back to one of the greatest podcasts out there ever. Um, glad to have you back. We are talking about um, faith. We were talking about faith today. Yeah. Talking about particularly where it comes from, what it is. Uh, maybe we'll briefly touch on repentance. We're going through a Bible basic series, hitting on these core doctrines. We've got a couple weeks left. Yeah. I think we end like the end of May. Kind of loosely following the Westminster Confession of Faith. Loosely following the kind of the table of contents, if you will, of the Westminster yeah. Confession. We kind of cut out a handful of things like that. Uh, yeah, we kind of cut out a handful of things at the end, but really focused on the core doctrines that we profess and believe. Um, I'm thinking when we're done with this, and since it's been heavy theology and doctrine, that, yeah. that probably in the summer we should turn somehow and try to do something like Dating. I don't, I don't know what, yeah, dating. Oh gosh, I don't freaking want to do that. Um, <laughs> do something, I don't know, like almost like talk about some, almost like more riffing of like, I don't I don't even know. Yeah. Culture, um, st- are you thinking Yeah, culture, like maybe a culture responding to maybe stuff that's going on, but I don't even, that even sounds too heavy. Like right, almost just like more like. Applied, what would technically called applied theology, like maybe a practical. Something spiritual disciplines or even um i don't know yeah more of a hot topic theological hot topics yeah that's maybe not like depressing yeah like debates or controversies something yeah uh anyway we'll 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 switch gears uh heading into the summer end of may today we got faith and repentance we were just kind of talking about this briefly before we hit record i've got a couple thoughts but uh, jeff preached on this uh, so, uh, let me ask Jeff, what is faith? Yeah. Uh, what is faith and, or where does faith come from? Yeah, that's great. So what is faith? Um, re- really you've got two, two options. Faith can either be a, a, a work or a human contribution, uh, or faith can be a gift of grace that, uh, actually Jesus accomplished in uh, the whole package of a comprehensive salvation. Uh, and it's the gift, uh, the instrumentality of resting and relying on Jesus and his salvation. Uh, and that definition is what uh, Calvin said is so, um, it's almost like if you talk about faith in a bi- what is faith in a biblical sense, it's the same thing as almost saying Jesus. And he even recommended like taking your Bible with your pencil and everywhere faith shows up, writing Jesus right above it. Because try it sometime, though. It's really interesting. The interchange, uh, it's like, oh, yeah, Uh, just put Jesus in for faith because faith is looking to Jesus. Faith is not looking at itself. Faith is resting, relying, uh, rejoicing in someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a gift of grace. Uh, it is not something that's um, man- self-manufactured. Uh, it's not a human power that's generated. Uh, so when it's where does it come from, you've got two options. It either comes from the human, which then makes it a human work and a human contribution. So you have, like, say, the salvation table or the sanctification table, and God's on one side, he brings Jesus, and we're on the other, and we bring our faith. Uh, the Bible does not depict faith that way. It depicts faith as uh, you bring nothing but sin and resistance to the salvation table or the sanctification table, and God brings everything. Mm-hmm. 
and recognizing that he brings everything is where faith recognizes that. Um, so yeah, so where does faith come from? You've got two options. It can come from us, or it can come from, as the Bible, Paul says clearly, uh, faith comes from hearing the message, uh, which is a radical, <laughs> that is so radical to say uh, that God does the activating, God brings the faith, God gives uh, faith to us through hearing the message. Mm-hmm. And then one last thing, and then we can riff some more on this, so to speak, but uh, where Paul talks about that, he says, how can they hear unless they believe, and how can they believe in him of whom they have not heard? The translation can also be, how can they believe in him whom they've never heard? Mm-hmm. Uh, translators or interpreters make a decision, an interpretive decision. It's a genitive, so it's, it's whom. The whom's there. It's either of whom or whom. If you make it a, a objective genitive, it's an of whom, which means the need there is that they you need information about Jesus, and that's how you have faith. If it's a subjective genitive, it it means that the need is to hear the person, mm-hmm. and and what happens is in the message itself, the person shows up, Jesus shows up, and speaks you back to life again, mm-hmm. calls your name, reveals himself. Uh, and that, I believe, is what Paul is getting at in Romans, where Jesus shows up, and when Jesus shows up, you trust him. Mm-hmm. When Jesus makes clear who he is and what he's done, you trust him. Faith comes from hearing the message, and in the message, Jesus shows up. It's kind of like the message is a sponge, um, and uh, the Holy Spirit, so to speak, uh, goes with this message like a sponge soaking up water. And when you hear the message, the sponge is squeezed and you get soaked or saturated with the Holy Spirit. Jesus shows up and he gives you faith, mm-hmm. either for the first time to become a believer or for the millionth time to strengthen, encourage, help your faith in this life's realm. What, what, um, difference is made uh what's the difference in impact in perspective when a christian views their faith as coming from god versus something that i bring to the table that's really on a good. daily basis right daily mm-hmm. walk with god well it's kind of like I, okay so when i was in college and um probably was being renewed in uh my relationship with the Lord and in terms of being uh, an instrument, wanting to be used by him. I read this biography uh, on Jim Elliott, and it greatly impacted me. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, his wife wrote it. He was murdered along with four of his buddies in Ecuador by an unreached people group they were trying to reach. Uh, but his relationship, it was called Shadow of the Almighty. And in my mind, as a college student, very impressionable, very idealistic, uh, wanting to be used by God, wanting to walk with God deeply, hearing that, it, to me, Jim Elliott was the shadow of the Almighty. I mean, it was a, an amazing, amazing book. And so I wanted to have that kind of relationship with God. I wanted to be used by God like that, wanted to go to unreached people. And the question then for you, for me, and for anyone, well, well how does that happen? How do you have faith that connects to God like that? How do you have this deep connection to God? How do you have this 
deep experience of God? How does the invisible God become real to you? Well, that's an issue of faith, right? And then how do you have this faith that moves mountains, that participates in the mission of God in the world? Where does that come from? So that's a one practical thing. Uh, where does it come from? You got two options, from yourself or actually through hearing the message, God doing it. Another happened uh, just before COVID. I was in my office in a local coffee shop, and a, a church staff team was meeting. And um, it's kind of annoying because when you you go into these coffee shops, you know, you have your chair and you kind of want to be like, I'm working on things and I'm in the groove. And then a whole team comes in and plants right next to you. And it's like, you're in the staff meeting, you know, and it's like, oh my word. So I can't help it. I'm like, you know, as close to you as me mm-hmm. as the staff team. And it was evident that uh, a new staff person was coming on and was being introduced to the team. And when they did, the pastor that was there uh, introduced himself and welcomed uh, this young lady and says, you know, let's say her name's Susie, just says, hey, Susie, uh, welcome. Um, We're going to change the world together. Let's change the world together. Um, And when it happened, I thought immediately or I felt immediately like tired for let's say Susie, but then other thoughts start running through my mind like, well, what happens when she doesn't? Mm-hmm. What happens when the staff team doesn't change the world? Why do you have so little faith, Jeff, <laughs> that that they are not going to change the entire world? Dude, I lived on that octane for so long. <laughs> no, when I got into campus ministry, those who don't know my background, it was the world was going to be reached by the year 2000. That, by Jeff Hatton. By me, yeah single-handedly and that's that was so appealing to some of these yeah uh missionary books i read yeah but you ask yourself you know what what happens when it she doesn't and what happens when there's conflict with the Mm -hmm. pastor or staff or what happens when she has a bad day and and as we were talking earlier well we know the answer to that is well it's all her fault Mm -hmm. uh she doesn't have enough faith so even faith comes into play right there right if faith comes from us, then it is our fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it does come from us too, it's hard not to become boastful, mm-hmm. as Paul would say. Mm-hmm. Um, even when we're like, yeah, I know God, you know, he kind of used me, but man, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my one contribution. And I've had, I've had this faith that connects with him deeply. I have this faith that... Um, is used by him mm-hmm. more than maybe you know Joe over mm-hmm. there. It it's you str- you would struggle when God does use you and you do feel close to God, and then obviously the struggles that happen when you don't. Mm-hmm. Let's say you know you're not used the way you thought, and you don't feel close to God, or mm-hmm. you have a bad day, then you're turning inward again either way to try to get some or you're turning inward and looking at what you've got. Mm-hmm. I think one of the, to kind of shift a little bit to, um, to what is faith. Yeah. One of the encouraging things, um, when you look at what is, what is faith, um, the Westminster confession, I think crushes it defining faith that it is resting in and receiving Christ. So I'm going to talk about this with the youth on Sunday, I think, and and kind of uh, highlight, you know, what is a person who's taking a nap doing? Nothing. 
They're, they're doing nothing. What is a person resting, kicking up your feet on the couch doing? You're doing nothing. Or, um, you know, when you look back at your little photos in your pajamas receiving a gift at Christmas, what are you doing in that moment? Nothing. You're literally doing nothing. Someone prepared a gift, bought a gift, gave you a gift. You just receive it. What are you doing? Nothing. I'm just receiving this gift, right? I'm just resting. Um, faith is not this some mysterious weird thing that uh, that we're like, yeah, like this work, right. this this mysterious doing in us, this yeah. mysterious working. It is it is looking at the doing of another. Yeah. It's looking it's it's looking at the workings of another and trusting those works. Yeah. I mean it's um I, I don't I think you can say it's it, it's like the opposite of working. It's literally saying my works and this is, you know, as we kind of when you add in repentance, what is okay, we talk faith and repentance. Um I've heard it said, I think it's I think it's uh, accurate and helpful to say it's two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Agree. Um, I am saying in repentance, my works are not enough to make me acceptable before God um, because I am a sinner. Mm. And um, and that's not just some uh, intellectual assent to that as though it doesn't have like, I just don't care. Right. No, repentance is a holistic thing that's happening in your heart. There is this sense of grief along with it. There's a sense of, you know, care. I, I am a sinner before God, and I need, I need help. Yeah. Okay. Where does faith come in? It's in view of the mercy of God. I think the Westminster Confession says, it's in view of the mercy of God. Oh my goodness, I am a sinner before God. Thank God for what Jesus has done for me. Yeah. So faith is this resting in the work of another. I've been working my whole life. I'm now looking out. And part of the point I wanted to say is that faith is a looking out. It is a uh, mm. outward thing. It's um, It comes from God, and it's looking to God. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I use this illustration a lot with the youth. It's not super applicable in terms of how often it's done, but a skydiver uh, a skydiver, uh, you can have, I've said this before in the podcast, I think you can have an empty backpack or a backpack with a parachute, right? Two people. One's got an empty backpack. One's got a backpack with a parachute. Both of them believe perfectly in their backpack. One of them dies. <laughs> <laughs> Why? They, right. they both had faith. Yeah. They both had perfect faith. Yeah. Well, because faith is worthless if it's in the wrong thing, yeah. that's the whole point of faith is that it is this, I'm not, you know, if your faith is in yourself, if you're looking to yourself, you're trusting an empty backpack. But the person with the backpack with a parachute, what are they doing? When they are sitting there falling from out of the sky with this parachute over them, they're literally doing nothing. Yeah, They're just hanging out, just resting in the parachute above them that's saving their life like 100% saving them, yeah. you know, their ankles are not slowing them down enough. It's like no contribution. It is this looking out thing. So I think it's encouraging in the Christian life because we, our tendency is to turn faith into that one little work that makes God happy with us. Yeah. You know, Hey, I know you're a sinner and Jesus died for you, but if you can do this thing called faith good enough, 
I will count you righteous. And notice how if that is the case, let's say it is that one human contribution and you're no longer looking out to the one who does it for us. You're now inward into a vast, multifaceted, multi-leveled labyrinth of self. Right. And so that's where faith can get weird, right? Because you... Yeah. It now moves into techniques and it can, depending on your tradition, depending on your personality, depending on your background, depending on your family, depending on your life experiences, depending on uh, the churches you grow up in, depending on what books you read, each book could have a different level or a different key or a different technique or a different way to activate this thing called the mysterious faith that's somewhere inside you that you've got to find, activate, release, tap into Perfect. what, yeah, whatever that is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an endless, mm-hmm. vast labyrinth of self-imprisonments, self-enslavements of just misery. Yeah. Um, and again, it's, it's endless too. You never can really measure it. How do you measure mm-hmm. that? How do you measure your activation uh, yeah, it's an endless list of um, confusion, desperation, exhaustion, depression. I, I had this thought this morning, and, and it also changes on a dime, right? Monday in the morning, you feel like you are Jim Elliott, and then Monday afternoon, you're like, wow, I'm pretty sure I'm the most immature Christian yeah. to dawn planet Earth. Um I had this thought, I was thinking this morning, for some reason, something led me to think this, but I was thinking in my head that one of, and I've, this is coming from like a been there, done that, you know, still struggle to not be there, do that reality for me. But one of the most unhealthy things a Christian can do on a daily basis is constantly look inward to judge how they're doing. Oh my word, yeah. And yet in a lot of evangelicalism, that is like all but the explicit teaching of how to walk with God. I mean, just... It's the whole energy, theology of what's happening. You're always looking inward. You're always judging. You're always trying to figure out. One of the ways that this specifically comes out with faith even is, and I hear this a lot in charismatic circles, which I've been in and still hear it in there, is you'll hear, we were talking about this the other day, you'll hear people like when they're praying or talking, they'll say something like, I'm believing believing this for you or something, right? Someone's like, hey, I'm trying to get a new job. And I started to hear this a lot more uh, in the charismatic circles of like, I'm believing God for that. And I've never, I don't think I've ever heard this explicitly, but I've, I've seen it enough to know that it sounds like what they're saying is like, um, almost like I'm going to influence God. Right. Like I'm going to trigger the blessing by, by proving to God that even though I don't know if that's his will, I'm going to like pretend and believe like it is which might which might like move him yeah you know and so again it it to me strikes me as trying to take belief and harness it yeah as this this mode of control yeah doesn't it right harnessing rather than saying like dude i don't have a clue if that's god's will for you yeah but i trust he loves you and i'll pray for you and yeah and pray that you do get that six figure job because that'd be pretty dope, you know? Yeah. But like, I don't, I believe in Jesus for my salvation. I believe God's real and loves you. And that's where my faith is at. Not like this, 
I'm going to take faith and I'm going to present it before God and I'm going to have him judge it and see if it's good enough to trigger you to get that job or this miracle or even my salvation. Yeah. No, Jesus, I don't know who it was, said, we need to repent of our repentance. Yeah. If God were to save me based on the quality of my faith and repentance, I'm going to hell. Yeah. Because my faith is littered with sin and imperfection and weakness along with my repentance. It's almost, it makes me think of too, like it's, it's not as annoying as the person, like if I say I'm believing God for this, uh, it's me and maybe I share with somebody, you know, that I'm believing God for this. So it, it, it hurts me, which is fine, but it's the one that's when the person does that for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Then it gets really annoying and can actually be sometimes comical and sometimes ridiculous mm-hmm. and sometimes very harmful. Mm-hmm. This past Sunday, um, I did share when I got when I got to seminary. My first year in seminary, there was a sorority sister of Nancy's uh, who lived in Dallas who had a friend whose brother was this uh, strapping, strong. Uh, uh, really gifted athlete, went into the military, fought for our country, and then got cancer and um, and wanted me to go see him. Uh, so I walked up on the floor, and when I went in there, uh, I had to put on a game face because I was expecting to see what I had been described as this like 6'2", 230, 240 dude. And when I was looking at a, a, at a Rafe, mm-hmm. like a 100-pound dude of bone who was dying. Mm-hmm. And he asked me um, who I was, and I told him who I was, and he's like, what do you do? And I told him I'm at seminary, and he immediately said, why are you here? Mm. And I could tell he said it with a real edge, like, get out of here, I don't want you here. And he goes, if you're with those crazies that come here and try to tell me that I'm Mm, not being healed because I don't have enough faith, get your ass out of this room. Yeah. And um, I said, no, I'm, I'm not that. And I'm sorry that that's happened mm-hmm. to you. But over the months, he and I became friends. Um, but it was because of good news that we became friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyhow, that makes me think of that. And it also makes me think that's, that's where I, the, the other folks coming up and saying they know God's will and they're bringing that to the table. Dr. Hannah used to always tell us that there was a well-known seminary pre- uh, president that was recruiting him heavily. And then one time he just said they had, uh, he was up in this area, I'm not going to say the seminary, but everybody knows it. And he says, listen, I know it's God's will. The president said to John, I know this is God's will for you to move. I know it's God's will for you to be here. And Dr. Hannah said, you know, um, don't you think since it involves my life and my call, and me moving my family to the other side of the country that he would tell me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) not you, Mm -hmm. right? But that's how it can get weird, Mm -hmm. wonky, and harmful, Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, be encouraged. Faith is looking out. If you feel like your faith is weak, the answer is not to go deeper into yourself. Yeah. I think is what I want to throw out there. This is what's helpful for me to remember too, even as we talk about it. It's that faith is outward looking. It's hearing. There was a quote I remember for some from some pastor that it was basically like something like shut up and listen. Yeah. Shut up and sit Luther. down. You know, That's it. Um, do you want to grow in faith? 
find a church that preaches the gospel, show up on Sunday, sit down, and be quiet, Yeah, you know, uh, and look out of yourself and listen out of yourself into what God is saying in his word, revealing Jesus, and look out to Jesus. Um, and maybe that's why I had that thought this morning with recording this. It's the same topic of like, you know, if you're trapped in that cycle, that vicious cycle of just constantly measuring yourself, you know, how am I doing? How's my faith? You know, uh, man, like that, that is, it's not going to build your faith. No, it's not going to strengthen your faith to look at your faith. Mm -mm. Faith is hunting for something else to believe in. So, uh, look out to Jesus. Listen. How do I look to Jesus? Listen to the gospel. Listen to his word. Listen to it preached. Read it um, and look out. And lo and behold, you might be surprised one day and look up and say, whoa. Yeah. My faith seems stronger. Yeah. I haven't even been focused on it. Yeah. You feel healthier. That's I mean, Luther said the, the organ of the Christian is the ear, not the eye mm-hmm. and not the hand, the ear. And that's really helpful. All right, y'all. Uh, until next time, we got a couple more. I think we're ending the Bible Basic series. I think we're going to talk about sanctification, uh, the perseverance of the saints, or the preservation of the saints. Uh, once you're saved, are you always saved? Can you lose your salvation? That sort of thing. And then maybe there's one other. One or two more. I can't remember. Yeah. We'll hit those. We'll cover those. Um, and then we'll switch gears to something else. Who knows what. Uh, until next time.